every morning. Arabile Gomede and Nastasia Aronsa on Classic Business. Breakfast with MoneyWeb. All right, let's continue that uh, budget uh, uh, unpacking as well, shall we call it. Uh, did the budget meet economic expectations? That becomes a question, of course. Yes, we've had quite a few uh, ratings with regards to it. You can, of course, read the entire speech if you if you haven't gotten to read it as well, whether it be on Treasury's website or, of course, on the money website as well. It is up and running there as well. We also do have a uh, budget 2019 in a nutshell page. As well, just talking about the, the things that perhaps stole the limelight, and of course, nothing other than uh, ESCOM seems to be of uh, of some massive importance. Of course, National Treasury uh, provisionally setting aside 150 billion rand over a 10-year period, which would be allocated in stages in order to uh, uh, incentivize the required reforms within the institution, or as they're calling it. A reconfiguration. So let's chat about this. Dumisho Greater, economic strategist at Navarra Investments, joins us on the line. Dumisho, you were in Cape Town. You were at the budget speech as well there. Do tell, what is your rating of that speech? Uh, thank you so much for having me, Aravile. You know, I do think that National Treasury and the, you know, the Finance Minister, by extension, uh, certainly try to put together a credible budget. Um, I mean, one thing is we obviously have sacrificed our fiscal stance. So you've seen there's going to be a widening um, of the budget deficit in terms of our debt-to-GDP ratio. That's also you know, breached that 60% mark slightly. So we're sitting at around 6 point, uh, 60.2. But this was really to eliminate the biggest risk that we are facing, which is ESCOM. Um, as you mentioned in the intro, you know, National Treasury did tell us that They've given us a lot of thought provisionally that actually looked at about 150 billion rand that they would give to ESCOM, but they needed to ensure that it comes with strict um, conditions. So this is by no means a handout. This debt needs to be repaid at some point. Um, so they've you know, put together a couple of measures. For example, there's going to be um, an uh, implementation or a rather uh, put something called, uh, I think it's a CRO. Um, and, and, and really, I think this is a, a, a big game changer for South Africa in that our electricity market is mm. in a stage of reform at the moment. Sure. Um, so I think you know, it, was, it was really a very, very fine balancing act. Um, but, you know, ESCOM still remains our biggest risk. And if we didn't eliminate that, then I think we'd be in a far worse position. So out of 10, how much would you give it? Oh, well, I would think I would <laughs> give it about <laughs> It's always a very tough one. And if you look at the negatives and the positives, I would still say because it's quite credible, uh, I would give it about a 7 um, out of 10. The only issues that I would have is that there aren't any um, timelines given on certain things to be implemented. Mm. So, you know, the minister and in their budget review say they will be announced in the months ahead. So you still that there's still that implementation risk uh, that sits there. So I mean that is a problem. We could even know what's going to happen. Um, they have increased the contingency reserves in the in the chance that you're not going to be you know you're going to need further funding. Hopefully, it's going to be enough for the tune of six billion uh, rand. So in terms of its credibility, that's where the seven comes in. 
Um, and, and I think that some hard decisions were also taken in that, yes, this is an electioneering year, but they understood the importance of, of keeping that wage bill in check. Um, so some of the things have happened through natural attrition. So you have seen, you know, older uh, people moving um, out of the state institutions and younger people coming in. So therefore, they would not be as experienced and they'd earn less. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, they're encouraging that early uh, retirement. But I think the problem there comes with it could sacrifice you know, those skills. So if you see young, I mean, older, more experienced people that are leaving, um, this also opens up, you know, the fact that you could see those skills being moved away. But, you know, they're, they're putting salary freezes in place, and, and that is quite encouraging, especially given the fact that, as mentioned, it is in an electioneering year, which you would maybe not expect um, something like that to, to take place. Dimitri, though, was there a sufficient uh, accountability added to the speech and I only ask that because yes the condition with regards to ESCOM is of course that chief or, uh, reorganization officer but in terms of timelines as you said we don't have a timeline for how long ESCOM is going to take to get its reconfiguration in place uh, we don't have timelines with regards to you know yes we have SAA's one, which was 2021, whether that is still in place, we still don't know. The likes of SAA, you know, was it not worthwhile as well putting in place to say to them, yes, we give you a chief reorganization officer, but you have three, four, five years to set this in motion, and this is the stage where we want you at, or else. Are we not perhaps kicking the can down the road with regards to our SOEs? I think that that exactly is it. Um, the fact that we don't know what the next, you know, the next timelines and steps are. I think what has been encouraging is that look, they've put aside that 150 billion, yeah. but within the three years, we've got that 69 billion that's going to be coming in. Um, but whether or not they exercise or they give the, you know, the remainder out of the 150 billion will be dependent on how well those reforms are going. Mm. Um, so yeah, we are look, we are sitting in a position where we are, are hoping that we're able to implement this because I do think that things in those SOEs are looked at differently. Um, we are almost taking on a, you know, a, a private sector approach in, in having uh, the CRO. I mean, I think National Treasury explained it to us as having yeah. um, in the banking sector, like having a curator, um, yeah, somebody who yeah. would, you know, who would be there watching to make sure that everything is in place. And now also having these um, you know, salaries uh, being linked to performance. So, you know, those are the, the types of things that we do and the changes that we do need to see. Um, yeah. Timelines, yeah, that is, still, that is still something that we're not completely sure about. But also, you know, yeah. Arabila, I think having um, this uh, funding, also from, from a consumer perspective, I mean, there are a lot of things in the budget that unfortunately may not be the best for consumers. Yeah. I mean, you've got fuel, you've got um, carbon taxes that are going to be coming in and a lot of other things. But I think if you take a look at the ESCOM tariff increases, now that they've been able to secure this funding from the government, it may take the pressure off a little bit in terms of that 17% that has been requested by ESCOM. To we can her. only hope, actually. That, that's what we hope. want. We can only hope. Yes or no? Do we stave off a downgrade? Yes or no? I'm going to go with no. Okay. Purely because well, I feel like a big ass. No. Okay. That's 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 <laughs> okay. the only one I was I was interested. In. Okay, so you say no. Bit of a negative twist to that seven out of ten that you gave to the finance minister on that one, but we'll we'll certainly see what happens. Indeed, it will be a difficult one to uh, to put out. But Dumisha Greater, really appreciate your time, the economic strategist at Navari Investments, there unpacking that budget picture for us. We'll continue to do that throughout the show. Very quickly, let's get into your traffic.